so welcome back everyone to this uh, fifth installment of our mini podcast series about increasing demand for infant immunization. Just to recap in the previous episodes, we've heard about the importance of uh, broadening demand initiatives beyond the mother alone. Also the importance of embedding vaccination within the existing community norms uh, and also some of the practical barriers towards vaccinations. For example, what actually happens at the clinics and managing side effects as well. Today's session is about learning about some of the entry points that exist within communities beyond healthcare workers alone. But before we get into it, just want to introduce my colleagues. I'm joined by uh, Belinda. Hi. And Marcos. Hi, everybody. Cool. Thanks very much for joining. So my first question I wanted to pose is that in the research, there was a few groups of people that came to the forefront that were important actors within the lives of, of families who really had a particularly influential role on decision-making uh, and uh, particularly when it comes to raising children. Belinda, who were the groups who were really standing out to you as an important actor? Um, For me, I mean, everyone who worked on the project will probably laugh saying this. If I say it. it was obviously the grandmothers. I got a bit of a reputation of becoming obsessed with the grandmothers from early on because they just keep everything going. And, you know, we saw this coming out in, the, at first we weren't going to speak to grandmothers. It wasn't even in our remit. But then we realized through how much they were being discussed, you know, we were speaking to the mothers about, you know, that journey when a child is born and what happens and who's involved. And the grandmothers basically run everything. Um, so we said we need to we need to hear their voice. We need to get them involved in the qualitative and then the quantitative element of the research. So they're particularly important. Um, you know, dare I say, uh, play more of a role than the father. Um, and they're expected to. They um, are present at childbirth. You know, we have kind of like two in three of them saying they were present at the the, the birth of their grandchildren uh, and. Um, also importantly, some of them are to actually taking the children for their vaccinations. So like one in three in, in like, you know, in Uganda and uh, going up to two in five in Nigeria, I think it was just actually taking the child for vaccination. So again, it begs the question, why have we just been focusing on mothers, you know, when they're not always the ones taking the child for vaccination? Um, they've, you know, consulted on lots of family matters. You know, they're very important and it's and it's seen as important to to adhere to what they say or at least to be seen to be taking it into into serious consideration. And their experiences are respected. Um, it's definitely a tradition. You know, we spoke about traditions earlier, it's a tradition for them to either move in with the family or or sometimes their mother moves out of her home and goes to live with the grandmother for the first few weeks or, or even months after, she, you know, she's given birth. Um, and their role is to teach the family traditions and give advice about what herbs to use. So, you know, just me saying this, hopefully people realize we need to get these grandmothers, you know, take them more into consideration when we think about um, improving childhood immunization. That's a, yeah, really interesting perspective on anyone who's worked on this project knows how much team grandmother you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're preaching to the converted. You play a, an awesome role. So what would it look like to bring grandmothers uh, more into the forefront? Marcos, do you have a perspective on this? Yeah, I think uh, grandmothers do relish this role, actually. They gain a new status by 
becoming grandmothers, right? And it is expected that their advice will be adhered to, as, as Bell was saying, because their ex experience is trusted and, and respected, right? Um, and actually, we, we said before in one of the previous series that um, the man is usually the, the, the head of the, of the family, of the household, right? But because of these situations for certain uh, topics and, and specific matters, um, the society could be matriarchal as well. For example, for things that um, you do at home, and they are going to be the ones to go to. Um, so it's definitely someone that we should involve in campaigns or actions uh, we want to make in, in the communities. Thank you. And actually, I can think back to one presentation where we gave where someone said, well, very literally, do you mean the literal grandmother? And in some senses, we do. But we know where there isn't a, a literal grandmother present, just the reverence and the respect for elders that lives within many different communities, and particular uh, elder maternal uh, figures in the communities and what that represents can be really potent. I know from my work in HIV, for example, you might have young HIV positive people in Southern Africa who will trust older women figures within their communities, the aunties, to not gossip and to keep their concerns confidential and to, to help them. And a lot of the time, the elders are the custodians of, of the culture and the, the norms that exist within there and are therefore consulted. So wrapping this all up as to what it means or what are the considerations that should be taken into place for those who are looking to design and implement immunization programs, there does seem to be some room to bring grandmothers and older aunties that live in communities to give them a bit more of an official role because it's something that they would relish, they would be good at, they'd be trusted, uh, and it would remove some of that burden from really stretched uh, healthcare systems and, and particularly nurses who might not have all of the time to be able to answer all of the questions that their uh, healthcare system users might have because they've got rooms full of people who are waiting. Grandmothers could somewhat um, release some of that burden. Um, but also there's a clear uh, uh, advantage to grandmothers, as Marcos was saying, they relish this role. Uh, and we can be clear on what's in it for them as well, that we're, we're treating them with respect uh, and they're fulfilling a role for the uh, health system and they're also getting a, a, a status benefit and a, and a benefit that comes out of that as well. So thank you very much for tuning into this fifth. Uh, the next uh, podcast will be our last and final one. Uh, and it's really about how we can maintain the motivation of a community throughout that whole immunization life cycle. Thank you. Thank you. See you.